Episode 11 of the Fantasy Forecast is here. Everyone's back this week. Dan, how you doing, big guy? Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, uh, back after the week break. But the we are rolling. The boys are rolling. I said, don't let them get hot. And you did. Two in a row, a season high, after a six-game losing streak. I'm on cloud nine right now, actually. I'm not it, all, it, all, it all ends there, Dan. It all ends there. Just wait till my bold prediction, big guy, all right? <laughs> oh, you're hot, kid. You know, no, one can, no one can stop you there. We got we to respect the moves being made. No, let's listen. You know, two weeks ago, you, uh, you had said on this podcast that uh, I was bad at fantasy football. And sitting at one and six, you had an, you had an argument there. But uh, two weeks later, me and you got the same record. You're right. You are right. Can't deny, can't deny the facts about that one. Long live Waller Road, baby. <laughs> but so hey, do you do you redact the statement of him being bad, or are you no, also bad? I don't. I just my I couldn't have drafted the three worst fantasy wide receivers to step foot this year in Allen Robinson, Julio, and Ayuk. So no, I, I can respect that. You got to you got to stand true on on what you say. So yeah. Plus, we still got some season left. I could very yeah. well just rattle off like a five game losing streak to close. I mean, you've season. already done it once. I have done it once, so it's Andrew. You're losing this week, so no. I really, Dan. I'm rooting for you this week just to shut that kid up. Sleep on. No one, no one talks more in the league than him. It's coming. Kid thinks he's the biggest shot in the league. My team's nice, (laughs) bro. Just wait. First round. Going to the uh, the actual big shot of the league. First place. (laughs) Uh, Big bounce back week after last week. Two and tied for first. Tied for first with the absolute wagon that is known as Michael Corcoran because that kid's fantasy team is a unit. But we're chopping wood. I think as long as we keep it going, end of the season looks pretty soft. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, I caught a dove as well. My end of the season looks pretty – Pretty easy as well. Got the next three games against three and six teams. No one so. cares about that, dude. So I mean, I don't know. No don't let me. Don't let me games. get hot. That's all I'm saying. I will take my Dawson Knox jersey to go. And we're gonna clip that till the end of the season <laughs> when you don't win the championship <laughs> and we can play it on loop. And then you just say thank you for the donation. <laughs> yeah. When Carm runs the table from zero and six to a champion. Yeah, that'd be right, so let's take it down now. You're a little <laughs> crazy. Uh, all right, let's talk about week nine. Uh, I mean, pretty pretty wild wild week. We had some had some upsets. I mean, we were some of us were riding the high of the Jets to be let down by Michael Carter, Pats, Mac Jones. You know, we're chopping wood left and right. Dan doesn't root for a fantasy team, so I can't really talk about his. I mean. Actual team. The only team well, I root for is my fantasy team. Yeah. And that goes really well. Yeah, it doesn't go very well. <laughs> um, so yeah. Whoever has QBs, you can jump right in and talk about week nine. Yeah, so I took QBs this week. Uh top three. We got Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan. And a guy I want to point out is Josh Johnson coming in at four. Good to see Justin Herbert get back to his form. Uh, I know he was just struggling the past few weeks. And again, just like he did last year, he comes in, throws 356 and two touchdowns. 
and got even uh, got 14 yards and a touchdown on the ground himself as well. Lamar doing Lamar things, 120 yards rushing, three passing touchdowns. Matt Ryan, you know, 343 yards, two touchdowns. But main guy I want to talk about is Josh Johnson. I mean, this dude comes in mid-game, not mid-game, but early in the game because Mike White goes down with some arm, elbow, forearm injury, hand, I don't know. Some injury, we couldn't really make out what it was just from watching the game. And he, the dude comes in on Thursday night, primetime football, and throws 317, three touchdowns, one interception, good enough to get him the third spot. I mean, good for the Jets. I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just can't win with Zach Wilson. But, I mean, now you're looking at Mike White getting them a win against Cincy and then uh, losing a hard-fought game to the Colts with they the lost, third string. They lost by, like, 15. Yeah, but I feel like it was they played a better game than the score shows, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you can't not to do for throwing three. He threw three touchdowns. It's it's not it's not his fault that they lost the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a dude that's been in the league since two thousand eight. So definitely a gritty loss. I wouldn't say it was embarrassing or anything like that. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it's embarrassing. But yeah, and then Carson Wentz, Teddy B, you know. But, yeah, no, my biggest thing I wanted to point out was Herbert getting back to form and Josh Johnson coming in cold and throwing for three touchdowns. So, interesting that the Jets seem to be playing better, playing better offensively than uh, with Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, moving to running backs. Um, the leader of the pack this week was a guy that is just – nobody predicted him. And neither did my opponent, Mitch, who had him on his bench, which was a huge relief to me. It was James Conner going out, getting three total touchdowns, just shy of 100 rushing yards. 40 points this week was the RB1. Um, although in Mitch's defense, even if he started him, still wouldn't have beat me. So I'm um, going to pat myself on the back with that one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, another great week. 172 rushing yards. Two touchdowns, pair of receptions, 34 points. And then Nick Chubb, who, as of now, we're not sure if he will be playing this Sunday. We're recording this Tuesday night uh, and currently testing positive. Got to figure that out. But had a great week last week. Pair of touchdowns, 137 yards. Also had a pair of receptions. Um, seems like he's been uh, stringing together some consistent games. But like I just said, not sure if he'll be able to keep that going this week because of uh, the COVID, as they say. All right, so this week I'm going over to wide receivers. And, you know, obviously I'm going to start with the number one guy, and that happens to be my waiver wire pick, Elijah Moore. I uh, can't say I saw this coming, but it's a welcome surprise. 27 points off seven catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. He's definitely getting more comfortable in the offense. Probably going to see more red zone targets. Seems like he's kind of in that prouder role that he had last year. And then number two, a guy everyone on this podcast loves to talk about, Devontae Smith. Five catches, almost 120 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for him. And then number three, a guy that's been kind of quiet, but he's consistent every week, and that's Keenan Allen. 12 catches, 104 yards for 22 points. Not a touchdown. Obviously, a touchdown would have broken open for him, but definitely solid as Herbert seems to get back on his track. Yeah, so I'm going to close it with tight ends for week nine. Number one tight end is kind of a guy who we've kind of talked about recently. 
slowly just getting more and more targets each week, and that's Pat Fryermuth. Last night on Monday night, he only had five catches for 43 yards, but two touchdowns as well. So that gave him 21 points to get the number one spot. And second and third are two staples of the tight end position in George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Kittle gave you 20 points and Kelsey gave you 17. That you kind of expect from both of those guys. But in terms in terms of Frymuth, I think he's the guy we got to talk about here. Luckily enough, I did pick him up in one league because I had Hawkinson on by. But I think he's really solidified himself as the tight end one in that offense that we talked about earlier. He kind of replaced Ebron. But I think just he's slowly become Big Ben's favorite target in the red zone. We kind of saw that last year with Claypool. Big Ben favors those like bigger bodied receivers. So I think that with that being said, like he's even going forward, he's definitely like a startable option each week because even though he could be touchdown dependent, like there's a good chance he is scoring a touchdown. But that being said, let's move away from week nine. On to week 10 we go. Let's jump right into it with the QBs. Whoever wants to start that can go right ahead. Yeah, I can jump in uh, first here. Um, so I'm going to head to Atlanta. Again, I like to keep my quarterback picks with, like, you know, that 12 to, like, 20-ish range because, obviously, the 1 through 12, 1 through 10 guys are pretty much going to start on your team no matter what. But a good streaming quarterback for this week, I feel, is Matt Ryan. Uh, the Atlanta offense looks pretty good on Sunday. And, you know, like I mentioned in my QB analysis of week nine, Matt Ryan finished fourth, I believe. Seems seems that even though Calvin Ridley is not playing, he is finding other receivers. Um, Calvin, uh, not Calvin Ridley, obviously is not playing. All of my Zacchaeus, I'm not sure if I said that right. He had two touchdowns. Who would have ever saw that? Uh, Kyle Pitts is settling into the offense extremely well now. And even Russell Gage is getting a good amount of targets. And obviously – the dude who I roast every single week, Cordell Patterson, seems to be a very reliable target for Matt Ryan. And coming off that game they just had on Sunday, I like the matchup they have against Dallas. Dallas just got steamrolled by the Broncos in Dallas. And if you look at their secondary, uh, Trevon Diggs, who everybody was like huge on in the beginning of the year, is doing so great. And he had a, all these, you know, two pick sixes and these, what, I think five interceptions or something like that. I actually just read uh, online that his PFF grade for the last like three or four weeks is like under 50 for corners. So the dude's struggling. So, you know, Matt Ryan is a seasoned quarterback in this league and he might be able to expose that matchup, whoever is matched up with Trayvon Diggs. And again, I think just the offense is looking better than it has in recent weeks. And uh, yeah, I like Matt Ryan this week as a streaming quarterback to, uh, to get you a solid performance. Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with start um, a guy that did not have a good week against the Giants this past week, um, but going up against a Kansas City secondary, Derek Carr. Um, obviously, no player, no person in the league has gone through as much stuff that doesn't impact him directly as Derek Carr has with his head coach, uh, and now two other teammates going through. Um, some legal troubles. He still has weapons. Like we like Hunter Renfro has kind of been like a guy that has emerged this season. Um, Darren Waller is obviously a steady target for him. And they're going up against, as I said, Kansas city secondary that has not really lived up to anything. 
any expectations whatsoever. So you would think that coming off of a tough game, he threw a pair of picks, a pair of untimely picks in his loss against the Giants. So I'm thinking he's going to bounce back uh, in Kansas City. I can go. And um, I know we were talking about, or at least he was talking about before, he likes to talk about guys actually playing. But I'm going to talk more about a guy that's playing on the waiver wire. That's Mike White. And I'm going to say sit. And that's specifically because this week I have Joe Burrow and he's in a bye. So, you know, I'm surfing for a quarterback. And Mike White is definitely a guy I would consider picking up if it wasn't for him playing the Buffalo Bills. So that's where I'm drawing this, Mike White. Uh, I think it's definitely time we see the real Mike White and we probably won't see the huge numbers we've been seeing. Yeah, I'll, I'll end QBs with sit this week. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Um, Broncos this week. I mean, yeah, they have the Broncos this week and we saw, we saw what he did or what the Broncos D did, I should say to Dak and, Although Jalen Hurts isn't like the thrower that Dak is, I mean, he still has he still has the running capabilities, and I think that the Broncos secondary just continues to get better and better each week, led by the rookie Patrick Sertan. So, like with Hurts not being the best thrower of the football and them kind of clicking now, it's just not really leading to a good matchup. So I would try and stay away from Hurts this week if you can. But. Again, enough with the QBs. On to the running backs now. Let's let's move right there. Anyone can go. I can start. Uh, a guy we talked about earlier, uh, running back one, James Conner. And this is more to do with Chase Edmonds being out multiple weeks. Uh, I think something happened with his ankle. So James Conner is sole running back one. That means receiving and rushing responsibilities. And, you know, they like to give these screens and little uh, touch passes to their running backs. So it's going to be big points if we can keep up what he did last week. Yeah, so I'm going to go to, say, a start. And I'm going to say Dearness Johnson. Now, if you're unsure who that is, he is he was the third string running back for the Browns. He stepped in when Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both down. And if you were paying attention to NFL news or fantasy news today, you'll see that um, obviously Kareem Hunt is still on IR. Nick Chubb is on the COVID list, as Dan mentioned. And also um, the other running back, uh, Demetric Felton, is also on the COVID list. So right now it seems that Dearness Johnson is the only healthy running back on the, the Browns roster. They are coming in to play New England. Uh, the Browns obviously are pretty – run heavy offense, especially with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But a few weeks ago when Dearness Johnson stepped in and got his first start of the season, that first week after Chubb and Kareem were out, he went for like 22 rushes for 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, obviously seems that he has a promising, um, some promising talent and that I think that since there's no other running backs, he's going to be getting all the touches um, first through third down. Uh, I started him the week he, he made that one start and served me well. So I'm actually starting him again in another league this week um, because I think Damian Harris is in concussion protocol. So I'm not sure if he'll clear by Sunday, but if you're looking for a guy to pick up, definitely look to Dearness Johnson. And if you already were holding on to him, like I was, I would, I would consider starting him this week against the Patriots. All right. Before, before I go, let me just ask you a question. Does the Pats D 
like they're kind of been they've been clicking in the run game recently. That doesn't like concern you at all. Like you don't think that they're gonna want to try and stop the run and then just make Baker try and beat him with their with his arm. I mean, to an extent, but I think with the type of offense that the Cleveland runs, I don't know. I think the Patriots defense has definitely gotten better, but it's not like a concern to me. Whereas like I think De'Aaron Johnson obviously has the upside for red zone uh, touches, especially in the, you know, short yardage distance to goal to go. So I, I think that, I don't know, I'm not saying he's going to have like a crazy 25 point performance again, but if you're looking for like an RB two or a running back to fill in for, um, you know, injuries or buys, I think that, I think he could easily provide you 15 points, even though the Pats defense has been playing better. No, yeah, fair. Um, for me, so I'm going to go on the sit end of things. I'm actually going to take a guy that like I traded for like two, three weeks ago. That's Antonio Gibson. He's going up against the Bucks this week, both coming off a bye. And the Bucks have one of the best run defenses in the league. And also the football team. Um, just they don't like feed Gibson like 20 times a game. I mean, he gets like – he's getting like 10 to – 15 types of carries and then like maybe two or three catches out the backfield. But even in those carries, like he's not as productive as he was last year. So McKissick is a guy who gets a lot of the carries now too. We even saw Jarrett Patterson get a few last week. So Gibby just hasn't really produced at the level we all thought he was going to do at the beginning of the year, which is why I would try and stay away from him this week. If you have better options on your bench. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, going to sit as well. Um, you know, this was a guy that at one point in time I was high on. I had drafted him. Um, it's Mike Davis, a guy that essentially lost his spot as a starting running back to Cordell Patterson. Had a tough game, and just continues to put tough game after tough game. So uh, I will have to eat my words, but Mike Davis, like actually like can't get more than like 10 yards rushing. Like it's brutal. And, well, and then it gets, and then it gets wiped out by him fumbling. So yeah. last week, I'm I think he had like eight carries for like 12 yards. I'm pretty sure one of my buddies in one of their leagues in a keeper league kept Mike Davis. If that makes you feel better about yourself, Dan. I mean, that's just, <laughs> Pain, old stupid. <laughs> like because it was like the it was like the it was like you know like the fourteenth round or whatever because he picked him up after McCaff got hurt so he didn't really lose a pick and he was like he's gonna be the RB one in Atlanta and here comes thirty million year old Cordero Patterson having a career year. Yeah, true. That sucks. Wow, that's that's actually <laughs> terrible. Good God. All right, let's go to the pass catches. Uh, I'll start. I'm actually doing a sit here too. And I'm actually kind of sitting a high profile guy this week, but he just hasn't been himself this year. And there's so many mouths to feed on that offense. That guy's Deandre Hopkins. Um, Just, he's been, he's been battered and bruised with injuries all year so far. And he's kind of been touchdown dependent. Like I don't even think he's broke a hundred yards yet this year. Maybe besides week one, I'm going to have to check that real quick, but I mean, Kyle Murray missed last week's game. D-Hop missed last week's game. So he hasn't even been on, like, the field to play. And he's only he's only averaging 
15 points. Yeah, he doesn't even have 100 yards yet this year at all. So I feel like the wide receiver position is just so deep this year with guys who can find you some points. And you kind of don't want to just rely on a guy to get a uh, an end zone catch. So I think if you could stay away from D-hop, especially going up against the Panthers D and secondary, especially who's been getting better each week, led by the former Patriots, Stephon Gilmore. I'm going to talk about another, I wouldn't say high profile compared to D Hop, but I'm going to do sit, and that's Cortland Sutton. And this is a guy, the past couple of years, he's been really, I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say wide receiver one, but he's definitely up there. People have been drafting him high every, every year. But this year, he's been struggling immensely. And then more specifically, they're going against the Eagles. And that means he's facing Darius Slay. And if you've seen the stats, this dude's forcing against elite wide receivers every week. He's holding some of the best wide receivers in the league to two catches and like 20 yards. And Corlin Sutton already struggling coming into that. It's looking real rough for him. Yeah, I'm going to say a start this week. Um, so kind of going off what Dan was mentioning earlier about Derek Carr and the Raiders and obviously what happened with Henry Ruggs, they're down a receiver. Um, and you saw Hunter Renfro, who we've talked about on this podcast before, as I think started off as a flyer weeks ago to more of like, a, I'm a start him at my flex. And I think he's a solid start now. I think that especially with the absence of Henry Ruggs, I thought guys like Brian Edwards and, uh, Darren Waller, we're going to see increased production still. Darren Waller obviously did see more production he had this season so far, but Brian Edwards, I picked him up just to monitor it, and he had zero catches on, like, one target, I think. So Hunter Renfro, I think, is the wide receiver one in uh, – I almost said Oakland – in Las Vegas. I think he had a good game last week. I think he comes – I don't think. He comes in at 33-ranked receiver – for this week. And I, I think that's pretty disrespectful for a dude who's been producing solid numbers all week or all season. I don't, I bet he's higher than 33 in fantasy. I haven't looked, but I would say he comes in at least like around 15th receiver this week. And I think he's a great start. Like you said, the Raiders need to get back on, like Dan said, Raiders need to get back on track. I think he's the wide receiver one in Oakland or I said Oakland again, Las Vegas. And uh, I think he's just going to keep producing. We're talking about guys that I've been high on in the past. One of them didn't work, Mike Davis. But this one, another guy I've been high on. Production wasn't there at first, but he's emerged now with Calvin Ridley out. Double-digit point performances in each game that Calvin Ridley has not played since his absence. Russell Gage. I'm I'm going back on that train. Start him this week. He is the top target. Him and Kyle Pitts are like the two guys that Matt Ryan is looking for. But, I mean, obviously, it all depends on, like, how Matt Ryan is doing. Like, obviously, we we know, like, this year he has, like, good game. Sometimes he doesn't throw it a lot. Like, it really all just kind of depends on who he's most comfortable with. But so far, in an increased role, Gage has kind of showed that he could be, like, a solid flex option for you. So, Hey, let's not say that you you were high on Russell Gage because he was on your team last year when you were starting him when they still had Julio and Calvin Ridley playing. I don't have to disclose the reasons why I was high on him. Threw <laughs> up a spot like that. <laughs> yeah, really. Jeez, man. Hey, wait. By the way, did, did you you started Mike Davis, right? I did. <laughs> yeah. How many points did he get you? 
I think one point two. I'll hang up and listen. It, more like just let's just stop playing Falcons players as a whole. <laughs> I just said start Russell Gage though, so I'm going against that already. Huh. I'll take the opposite end on that one. All right, tight ends. Let's do it. Um, so I'm actually going to take it to start, and I'm going to start the guy who was tight end one last week. As I kind of mentioned, Pat Fryermuth, I think he's just – he's like a walk and start now in the tight end position, and you know we've talked about it all year about how just shallow the position is as a whole. And with people constantly being on buys now with the extra week all the way up until week 14, like you're going to be looking for guys to start, and I think – He's emerged as definitely a, a weekly starter, especially in the tight end spot. And he's caught touchdowns in, I believe, each of the last two or three games. So at the tight end position, if you're getting a free basically seven points with for the, the one catch and then the touchdown, all you need is like 30 to 50 yards and you're looking at a productive day. Yeah, I love when we get to talk about Patty Ice. But uh, I'm going to go with the sit and we're going to talk about Dallas Goddard. Um this is a guy that's been performing, uh, I mean, above average, I'd say. And I mean, you take that at tight end, obviously. But this week, they're going to Denver. And I, for one, actually really like this defense. So, uh, Goddard, he, he's probably the second target after Devontae on that offense. So, he's probably going to be guarded heavily. And I wouldn't expect anything out of it. Except maybe he might catch a red zone touchdown. But if we're being realistic, Jalen takes it. So, I'd say it's pretty safe to sit him. You say Jalen takes it, but the past two weeks he hasn't been taking it, and he's been handing off to these running backs that he apparently likes now. But that's a story for another day. Uh, sticking with tight ends and starting, I'm going to say start uh, Dan Arnold this week. Uh, they're going to Indy. Uh, Jacksonville riding the high of their 9-6 to win against the Bills on Sunday. Talked about Dan, this uh, dude, Dan Arnold, a few weeks ago. It seems like he's settling into the Jacksonville offense None of these other Jacksonville receivers have really been able to produce or help Trevor Lawrence in any way, but it seems like since Dan Arnold's arrival, Trevor and him seem to have a good connection. And if you're looking for a quarterback to pick up or you need to start a quarterback, like kind of Brett was saying, you have four or five catches for 50 yards. Like that's a decent performance already in like nine ish points for a tight end. Always have the end zone, uh, red zone touchdown threat as well for tight ends, obviously. So, you know, for those reasons, I'm going to say, uh, Dan Arnold's a good start this week. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go sit a guy that I mean, earlier in the year was seen as a probably, arguably a top ten option at tight end, but over the past couple weeks, he has really sort of fallen out. Obviously, um, obviously, it's it's Dalton Schultz uh, in Dallas. I mean, when Dak was out, he didn't get a lot of carries, and then this past week, even when Dak was back, he struggled. So he still didn't get a whole lot of targets. So right now, like at this point in the season, obviously a lot of people are pushing for playoffs and he just has not shown the consistency that you need to, um, to kind of be in that situation, especially when there's other options that are playing a lot better right now. Some of them that are still on waivers. Um, so obviously storm for your bench could come back, could, uh, string those, those consistent games together again. But right now he's kind of on a, on a downswing. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> I think, and just obviously the Cowboys' performance last week was so piss poor. You don't even know what you're gonna get. But I mean, Dak's probably like a little bit more healthy now than he was last week, so we can hope for that. But let's move on to 
again, one of our favorite topics in our weekly uh, Take a Flyer segment where, you know, kind of shooting in the dark here. Some of us have hit on them, like Tyler, Elijah Moore last week. I don't think he can get better than wide receiver one. So I'll, I'll let you start it right up with that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, just to brag a little bit, if you have the number one waiver priority, obviously you're going to Elijah Moore if he's still available. But uh, other people I wanted to talk about, Michael Gallup, apparently might be back from injury this week. Uh, potentially was sitting on somebody's IR, but if he's available, I'd definitely grab him. And then another person is Van Jefferson on the Rams. I talked about him really early in the season, but he's really starting to pick up pace. So I think it's definitely worth a snag this late in the season as it's getting very dry. Uh, yeah, so I kind of have two guys as well. One guy I'm going to say is Keelan Cole. Now, obviously, you want to take the Jets offense with a grain of salt. But if, you know, these quarterbacks who are stepping in for Zach Wilson keep throwing for 300-plus yards a game, this dude Keelan Cole is about to uh, – is bound to see some targets and see some catches. I mean, I'm, I he made a ridiculous catch a few weeks ago. I remember watching it. Like, this dude's got hands. He's a big body. And I think he's a he's a pretty solid target for them uh, going forward. And then another guy, just to, this is kind of a little bit deeper. I mentioned I picked up Brian Edwards because the Raiders uh, wide receivers are kind of obviously down now without Henry Ruggs. But after Renfro, I feel like Brian Edwards – should be that wide receiver too. He's a second year player this year. Now he didn't have any targets last week. Not sure what was going on. Again, Derek Carr didn't have a great game, but that's also an interesting guy that if you're in some deeper leagues or you need to find somebody on the waiver wire to start for a week, you might, you might be able to take a shot at Brian Edwards uh, just because he may see some increased production going forward. Yeah, my, my floater is Jordan Howard on Philly. Uh, obviously, when Miles Sanders went down, you thought that Kenneth Gamewell was going to be the main guy that was going to get touches. But Howard has put together a pair of, of solid weeks uh, in the backfield, um, getting a lot of touches, certainly get more touches than Gainwell. I think he's – last time I checked, he was rostered in, I want to say, 55% of leagues, so still widely available. Um, running backs are hard to come by, obviously. Um, uh, so – I'm sure, you know, like, like we were saying, if you have one of those top priorities and even if you want to use them as a flex or kind of Freeman's only own at 8% of leagues. I mean, no, Howard's only own at 8% of leagues. 8%. I thought it was higher than that, but on ESPN. All right. So there you go. So even, so he's widely available then. So, um, you know, go ahead and, and, and pick him up. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of just gave you my flyer, but Devonta Freeman is mine. Um, the last two weeks, he's seen an increase in workload for the Ravens. I mean, he's gotten a touchdown in week seven and week six before the bye. And then last week, he had 13 carries. So he's, he's scored in double figures the last three weeks that he's played. And I think maybe he's kind of the one who's going to take this, take the reins as the lead back in Baltimore since we really haven't seen who it is ever since all those guys went down in the preseason like we saw two weeks of Tyson Williams. Then we saw like two weeks of Latavius Murray. We've seen a Le'Veon Bell week. We've seen a Devontae Freeman week. So I'm going to take a gamble and say that he kind of grabs, grabs the lead in that backfield and jumps forward with that. And he's only owned at 13% of leagues right now. So as Dan said, both these running backs are widely available. So 
if you're kind of searching for a guy like Z said earlier, Damian Harris is in concussion protocol right now. Nick Chubb obviously has COVID. Plenty of guys who are going to be on by or have by. So I think that's just a nice guy to keep in the back of your mind. But as we always end it, a bold prediction time. So since last week, Dan wasn't here. We didn't get a bold prediction out of him, but two weeks ago was that he won a matchup. So, Dan, let's jump right to you and see what crazy take is going to come out of your mouth in two seconds. <laughs> I am going to win for – no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. That's the easy way out. I, I'm not going to do that. Um, no, I'm going to say – so, after being out since week four, Chris Carson is set to return this week from a neck injury. I'm going to say he goes out. He's back this week. Russ is back this week. I think they both come together in a big way, but I'm sticking with Carson specifically. He's going to be a top five running back this upcoming week. All right. Interesting. I'll roll off that because I'm going to steal my flow here. I was going to talk about Russ coming back in in a very big way. So I guess we'll tag team this one, and I'm going to say Russ is a top three quarterback, uh, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. There's no, there's no, there's uh, it's not unreasonable to say they don't hook up for a couple of passing touchdowns, (laughs) help each other out. I'd love this time next week where we both have a point. That'd be great. (laughs) This feels like this just like that just feels like wrong. Like you both you both are trying to steal points. It's like one two for the price of one. Hey, like I didn't know this was I didn't know this was, a, didn't know this was a bogo deal. <laughs> bogo. <laughs> we could be over. <laughs> since Dan, since Dan apparently stole your take, if if it goes over, then Dan loses a point. That's how that's how we should do it. Just to give me the point he got for winning <laughs> fantasy. Oh man. Even when I win, I lose. So what is this? <laughs> what is this? I don't know, guy. You stole his idea. Z, what crazy stuff's coming out of your brain? That's what uh, I, I thought you were gonna go. No, you can go ahead. All right, all right. So I was struggling to come up with a bull prediction this week and Obviously, some big news is Odell Beckham Jr. cleared waivers as of 4 p.m. today. Now, this dude says he wants to go play for, con- for a contender. Says his preferred destination, the Packers, which arguably, if you're looking at contenders, that's probably that probably would be the best fit for him to you know actually have a decent role in the team. But I'm going to go away for contenders. As a Patriots fan, OBJ has been involved in trade talks since – before the trade, who when he went from the Giants to the Browns, he was involved with trade talks, had a relationship uh, with Bill Belichick, respected the guy, interviews talking about him and Robert Kraft and stuff like that. The Patriots are in dire need of a true wide receiver one, that big body, deep threat, because Nelson Aguilar is not it. So my bold prediction for this week is Odell Beckham Jr. signs for the rest of the season with the New England Patriots and makes all of New England very happy. I mean, he's it's interesting he, to note. Well, sorry, one more thing I just thought of is that the Patriots actually hold a wild card spot. I did not think they would be in this spot. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots are contenders and they're going to go run the table, but it's an opportunity for him to play in the playoffs. Which, if I can think right, I can't imagine he's played in the playoffs more than like 
once in his career. All right. Well, I'll say this. While we were recording this, uh, the most recent update is the Pats have apparently put on the full court press trying to sign him, but he's waiting out his offers. He's hoping for the Packers or the Saints. All right. Well, he if, wants to go to a contender, in my wants, opinion. The Saints if it's, are – If it's all about the money, he um, if he has to sign by, like, Saturday at 4 p.m. to get paid for this week, technically. So, you got to assume he wants his money. So, he's probably – you're going to get news, like, what he's doing within the coming days. I don't know. And he wants to go to a contender. No offense. The Saints ain't it. So, Packers are the Patriots. And I like how you just said that. It only improves – my odds, I guess, and uh, definitely would be a great fit in the Patriots' offense. Yeah, well, my bold take is is kind of is about the Pats, but it's it's kind of I've kind of just shot in the dark many times for my bold take. This week, I'm going to keep it a little light. I I start Jacoby Myers in fantasy on a weekly basis. <laughs> Not really because I like choose to. I kind of have to because my wide receiver room is so poor. But let's just give the guy his first career touchdown this week. Like the dude, the dude has almost played two and a half years of NFL football and can't get in the red zone. So my bold take is that Jacoby Myers finally finds his way into the red zone. I don't know, like Z, as the only other Pats fan here. Like it, it's just, it's just weird. Like the guy gets targeted all from like the twenty to the twenty, and then if he gets targeted within the red zone, he like automatically goes down at the one yard line. Like he can't get in. I don't know. It's definitely weird because he kind of took over the Julian Edelman role of like that slot receiver, and seems like he's the guy who just kind of feet uh, feeds eats up targets. So I do think it's a little strange that he has yet to get into the end zone, but I mean, I'm pretty, didn't a few weeks ago, he got a two point conversion mm-hmm. and they were all like, Oh, he finally caught a ball in the end zone. It just, yeah. you know, it was for two instead of six. So, I mean, last maybe, week, maybe week, it um, will be the week. The, the broadcast for the Pats was, I forget who it was, but they were like, yeah, Jacoby Myers um, is Mac Jones's favorite red zone target. And like, then they corrected him. It was like, oh, wait, never mind. He never has, he's never scored an NFL touchdown. It's like, all right. Yeah, I think Hunter Henry is the number one tight end, uh, yeah. number one red zone target. Yeah. He just gets three catches. He's gone in the end zone like every single week. Three catches a game, but one is always a touchdown. But, hey, for the tight end position, that's nine fantasy points. That's all I can ask for. But that'll do it for episode 11. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place. We'll recap week 10, which just is nuts. Like, how the hell are we already in week 10 of the NFL season? But, yeah, we'll be back next week, recap week 10, move on to week 11, and just keep – chugging along to the playoffs they're coming real quick so till next time